This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Ha Young Choi, who's 20 years old and from Daejeon, South Korea, opened our show today with an excerpt from Travel Modes for Solo Violin by Gloria Justin. I'm pianist Peter Dugan, and welcome, my friend, to From the Top, the show where outstanding young musicians come to play. Today's show is a special behind-the-scenes look at one of our country's most exciting music competitions for young performers, the Irving M. Klein International String Competition. Ha Young delivered that excellent performance as part of her semifinal round. Okay, so the Klein competition takes place every year in San Francisco. This year it was at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music. And tons of from-the-top performers over the years have told us about it and how fun and intense it is. And the competition's been around for a really long time, like over 37 years. So it's developed a major international reputation. The winners go on to lead orchestras, become touring soloists, you name it. And, you know, I got to say, we're pretty proud at From the Top that many of our alums have taken that top prize, including my co-host for today's program, the violinist and my very good friend, Tessa Lark. Tessa won the Klein competition back in 2008, and for the past few years, she's gone back to Klein in the position of mentor to these young performers. So she's co-hosting today's episode with me, and together we'll introduce you to the semifinalists, hear them play, and of course, of course, of course, we will find out who wins. The next young semifinalist we're going to hear is from Alberta, Canada. He's Jacques Forestier, and he's 17. Here's an excerpt from his performance during the Klein Competition's semifinal round, the first movement from the Violin Concerto in D minor by Jean Sibelius. Miles Graber is at the piano. 
17-year-old Jacques Forestier from Alberta, Canada, performing the opening movement of the Violin Concerto in D minor by Sibelius with Miles Graeber at the piano. That was from Jacques' semi-final round at the Klein International String Competition. My co-host on today's show, Tessa Lark, sat down to interview this young guy, and he is such a deep musician, so thoughtful, so expressive, and Tessa was pretty intrigued when she heard that both of Jacques' parents were serious musicians. What's what's it like, uh, or or what what was it like with two musician parents and you playing the violin? And I, how did how did that feel growing up? Did you confide in your parents? Did you try to distance yourself from them? You know, a bit of everything because I had. So for for example, I studied with my mom for ten years. She taught oh, okay. me everything. Um, it's um, the found basically she gave me the foundation for for who I am today. So I had that relationship with her. She was my teacher. As I got older, it got more difficult. I started kind of rebelling against that. Mm-hmm. Um, it became difficult. I start I stopped sort of accepting that sort of help. There was a phase where I sort of cut her out of that aspect of my life because I wanted to I wanted to show her well this is I know better. I know who I am. You know, we all do that when we're teenagers. <laughs> but now I've sort of moved on to another phase where I want her support in everything that I do. I have her there for me at all my concerts, all my dress rehearsals, and she tells me everything. I, I just, I want feedback from her all the time now. So I sort of transitioned from having her totally, relying on her totally, to not wanting her at all, and now sort of this healthy mix of the two, mm-hmm. which I feel like is perfect for where I'm at right now. But no, she, I owe her so much. She was the foundation for for my playing and where it is today. So I'm really grateful. Wow, where it is today now at your wise, ripe old age I'm so of old. 17. I'm so old. Yeah. <laughs> Can you talk to me about one or two of the pieces that you're playing? Do you want to talk a little bit about um, the Sibelius and preparing it for the competition? Well, the Sibelius concerto for me, it's, it's, I would say, the concerto that I have the deepest and I would say sort of most long lasting relationship with. I've worked on it for years. I think I first played it when I was 11. And then I, I, was, I was not allowed to do it at 11, I should say. <laughs> but I would um, sneak music into my room. And when people weren't there, I would start practicing it because I was just so in love with it. I first heard it um, in a studio class. And when I first heard it, I was just in awe of how incredible the piece is. I heard the whole thing for the first time played. And... I didn't really even have words after. So I went home, I printed off the music and I just started learning it. And that relationship started sort of at that time. 
I've just ever since then been enamored with the piece. I've played it for so long. I, I just, I, I feel so much for it. In, in all of those movements, do you have a, a particular favorite moment? Like in, you're playing the first movement tomorrow. Is there, is there a particular moment that you just really, it's hard to choose, of so course. Choose. Some things that you love, specifics in that movement. You know, when the violin comes back after the first orchestral tutti, just that moment, especially in that D-flat major key, it's just beautiful. It's such a beautiful spot. And especially, I also love it when it comes back, but there's something about D-flat major that's just luscious and, 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 and beautiful. I love that. Yeah. No, I love flat keys, too. So I, I think I just relate to how you hear sound, because with flat keys, you don't have open strings that are, um, you know, sympathetically resonating. And so then you get a chance to just get all those little quirks coming out of the instrument. Yes, and but the intonation. Mm-hmm. The intonation oh, no. is a, it's always a struggle in <laughs> flat keys. The intonation. But yeah, lifelong struggle. Lifelong struggle. From the Top, along with the Jack Kent Cooke Foundation, has awarded over $3 million to young musicians with financial need. We've been granting this award for over 15 years, and the program is still going strong. If you want to apply, or you know someone who should apply, you can visit fromthetop.org and find out more. Since today's show is a sort of documentary-style look at the Irving M. Klein International String Competition, let me give you a few facts. This past year, 112 musicians applied to this competition by sending in audio submissions to a group of pro-musician screeners. Now, the screeners do blind evaluations, meaning that they don't have any outside information about the performers they're evaluating. They don't know who they are. After three intensive listening and evaluation processes, this massive group of applicants is winnowed down to anywhere from eight to ten semifinalists. Although this year, due to COVID-19 and some other last-minute performer cancellations, the semifinalists numbered just seven. Now, those semifinalists convene in San Francisco to compete over two days in person. There are seven jurists watching in the audience, furiously taking notes and listening incredibly attentively. They do not discuss the performers until after they've submitted their votes. Then three of the seven semifinalists proceed to the final round. And then after one last round of performances, the jury awards a first, second, and third prize. But what are jury members looking for? Well, Richard Aaron, the great cellist and cello pedagogue, was on the jury this year, and so I asked him. Well, I personally um, look at... Uh, simply their communicational skills. If they touch me, if they move me, mm-hmm. um, believe it or not, uh, most young students think it has to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, communicating uh, is the, the winner for me. Um, if they miss something here or there, if they miss a note or if it's a little out of tune, um, if it's out of tune all the way across the board, it's not good. But if they just sure. miss one little thing, that doesn't bother me. What, what mm-hmm. I'm just listening for style, listening for the beauty of sound, mm-hmm. listening to whether they really hear musical line and understand um, that ability to communicate. 
Well, we've got a violist who communicates just beautifully performing next. And she actually appeared on an earlier From the Top episode a few months ago. This is 16-year-old Emily Huang from Palo Alto, California, during the semifinal round of the Klein competition. She performs the Courant from Bach's Cello Suite Number no. 4. Violist Emily Huang, who's 16 years old, performing the music of J.S. Bach in the semifinals of the Klein competition, taking place at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music. Peter Dugan here, and on today's special From the Top episode, we're meeting the powerful young players who've made it to the semifinal round of the Klein International String Competition. All of the competitors are actually required to play the music of Bach, like Emily's performance we just heard. And we'll hear a bit more Bach from the competition now, this time performed by 22-year-old cellist Han Lee. Han Lee is Korean, but born in Japan and has actually lived in quite a few places around the globe during his life. My co-host on today's show, Tessa Lark, sat down with Han to ask him about his international background. So tell me about your family. That's It's already interesting, mm-hmm. Japan-born um, with Korean parents. How did they end up there? How long were you there? What was that like? So my parents are missionaries. Mm -hmm. So I've had to do a lot of moving throughout my life. From a young age, I kind of just, I had to live abroad by myself. I auditioned for the pre-college division at Juilliard. And then since my family has to live in Japan, 
-hmm. I just came to America to live here. And I lived with like a host family and stuff. But for the most part, I just had to kind of figure things out a lot on my own. So, and I think just going under a lot of stress and stuff, I, I made it like an effort to just be able to kind of live more happily. So I did read like a lot of self-help books and <laughs> okay. a lot of journaling by myself. And yeah, that has helped me. So, wow. This yeah. is, and how old were you when you came to the States? Um, I think I began here at eighth grade. Yeah. Eighth grade. Uh -huh. My goodness. That is really young mm. to be alone. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like it would be um, really, uh, I, I would feel an internal sense of, you know, instability mm -hmm. leaving home at such a young age yeah. and then staying here for, for sure. a long time. And just wondering, you said, you know, just finding your way. Was yeah. there was there a moment when you really felt like you kind of got it, you know, or, or I have felt to more say, comfortable? It's pretty much a constant struggle. Like it yeah. comes and goes. Yeah. And then yeah, and I also I really do think like music just helps me kind of always find myself back too because especially during my college years as I started to be guided in the more like musical side by my teacher, Mr. Krosnick. I think that really helped me to enjoy even like the practicing process. And there were, I try to make it so that the practice doesn't really feel like practice. And it's just like, it's a time where I'm able to really just express myself. And I think that really keeps it going. It always makes me in a better mood, mostly. Wow. Unless I can, something's not going right. But yeah, <laughs> most of the time, just practicing honestly puts me in a better mood. And I think it just makes me a better person too. So that's really just been keeping me going. Yeah. Wow. I love hearing that. That's so refreshing, yeah. especially everybody. There's like books, mountains of books on how to make practice fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just, you got it for free. Yeah. And now let's hear Han relishing every moment of the music in his performance of the Courant from the cello suite number no. two in D minor by Johann Sebastian Bach. <laughs> Thank you. 
You're listening to From the Top, and I'm pianist Peter Dugan. Did you know that From the Top posts short, beautiful videos of our young musicians every day? The series is called Daily Joy. Treat yourself to youthful inspiration daily. Sign up at fromthetop.org. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Jack Kent Cook Foundation, providing scholarships to high-achieving students with financial need, jkcf.org. From the Massachusetts Cultural Council, a state agency connecting young people with the arts in schools and in their communities. Learn more at massculturalcouncil.org. And from the Joyce Foundation, committed to advancing racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region. Learn more at joycefdn.org. From NPR, it's From the Top, where outstanding young musicians come to play. I'm pianist Peter Dugan, and a big thank you to Susan and Gerald Slavitt, who've sponsored my position as host of the program. And today, I'm joined by From the Top's recurring co-host, violinist Tessa Lark. She and I have been reporting all program long from the 37th annual Irving M. Klein International String Competition, where Tessa is the official on-site mentor. Now, I want to say a quick word about the ethos of this competition. Even though becoming a semifinalist or a prize winner is very prestigious, and yeah, they all want to win, the environment set by staff and jury is very low-key. It's caring and nurturing, almost has a homespun family vibe. And that sort of tone has to come from the top, from the leadership. So I sat down with the competition's artistic director, Mitchell Sardu Klein, to learn more about that and how the whole competition got started. Well, Mitch, thank you so much for spending some time with us. And now your name is Mitchell Sardu Klein, and this is the Klein competition. If I'm not mistaken, there is a connection there, right? <laughs> yes, there is. Uh, my father was a cellist. He was the cellist of the Claremont Quartet. And um, his name is what was Irving Klein. He mm -hmm. died way too young, mm. and a lot of his colleagues and I, people who had collaborated on lots of projects together, decided we needed to do something as a memorial for him. Mm. And after lots of discussion, we focused on this idea of a competition which would be centered not in the 30-year-old age range, which is what you know, Van Cliver and Tchaikovsky traditionally did, right. but rather um, conservatory age. In mm -hmm. the latter years of his life, he became a fervent teacher, and he just loved teaching at the conservatories where he, uh, where he was in residence, and um, serving that generation of young musicians seemed like a nice way of memorializing his, his, his great uh, love of those kids. 
Let's talk about the idea of a competition. Why do you think a competition is a valuable thing for young artists? We all had reservations about when we discussed what would be a, an appropriate memorial, mm -hmm. um, everybody had reservations about a competition. Um, sure. Music is not a competition. We all know that. Yep. And there are lots of stories and images of competitions that don't promote what all of us felt was the right attitude about what a performance should be. Mm. And how you nurture young musicians who are at a critical stage of their developments. So um, we decided that a competition can offer many wonderful experiences for a young musician and advance their careers and give them a chance to compare themselves to the best of their generation. All of those things are great about competitions, and we've had no difficulty finding amazing young players all these years. Um, but we always have an organized effort to break down the formality and the competitiveness. Mm -hmm. um, they have a chamber music session, which you attended last night, which yeah. is a delightful um, a jam session and, exactly and, and meal. And uh, it's just a, um, a, a way of breaking down some of the things that we think can be uh, uh, unpleasant about competitions. And, right. and also um, to just understand that they are still pretty young. They are young, and no one is more aware of that than Marcy Straw. As the executive director of the competition's parent nonprofit, the California Music Center, Marcy does everything from fundraising to making sure the young competitors are hydrated. Through all that hard work, I asked her what she enjoys the most. What I see that really warms my heart is the camaraderie that develops. Mm. Uh, sometimes um, new friendships are forged or old ones are deepened because uh, you'll note with many of these young players that they, they compete on a circuit, so they run into one another yes. um, quite often, and they become fast friends. But part of our credo is that we want the competition to be welcoming, to be nurturing, mm -hmm. and to put forward that spirit of uh, collaboration and goodwill towards, uh, towards one another. So we, we love it when we see that and makes yeah. us really happy. So let's talk about what happens with the players after the competition is over. How do you promote and keep in touch with the alums? Well, part of our um, prize winnings is that they win performance contracts right. to play with prominent regional um, symphonies and chamber orchestras here in the Bay Area and Northern California. And so we begin plotting those right away um, to bring them back. And the add-on when we bring them out is uh, an intimate house concert or recital. Mm. And I make um, a dinner mm. for them. You make dinner yourself. Yes, I make a dinner. It is a And uh, <laughs> we do uh, drinks and dinner and dessert. And again, we just sort of carry on that uh, tradition of hospitality. Yep. And we try to cap it at between 45 and 50 folks so that they have an opportunity to play in an intimate setting. Right. And sometimes they'll repeat the repertoire with, um, that they're going to play with the orchestra as a soloist, perhaps right. in the next few following days. So yes, in addition to hefty prize money, the winners of the Klein competition get wonderful performance opportunities. Okay, are you ready to hear one of the top prize winners? 
the third prize in the 37th annual Irving M. Klein International String Competition is awarded today to Andromeda Kepix. Please come up. Here's Andromeda's prize-winning performance. We'll hear her play an excerpt of the opening movement from the Violin Concerto No. 2 by Bella Bartok. Allegra Chapman is the pianist. Andromeda Kepex, 18 years old, from Woodside, California, performing from the opening movement of Bartok's Violin Concerto No. 2. 
Peter Dugan here, and in case you didn't know it, you can also catch From the Top as a podcast. That way you can download our episodes to listen to amazing young artists whenever you like on demand. You can subscribe at fromthetop.org or through any of the big podcast platforms. On today's program, we've been enjoying a front row seat at the Klein International String Competition, meeting some of the competitors and hearing their fantastic performances. So, who won the second prize? Second prize in the Klein competition goes today to Jaywan Wee. Please come up. 22-year-old Jaywan Wee. And Jaywan actually won two prizes at the competition. The second place prize overall, which includes $3,500 in cash, and the prize for the best performance of the commissioned work for an additional $500. And this brings me to one of the coolest things about the Klein competition. Each year, Klein commissions a composer to write new music for each of the featured stringed instruments. This year, the brilliantly eclectic American composer Gloria Justin composed the commissioned pieces. Incidentally, Justin herself won first prize at the Klein competition back in 1987. So again, Jaywan Wee, in addition to winning overall second prize, won the best performance of Gloria Justin's music. My co-host today, Tessa Lark, sat down with Jaywan to get to know her, and Justin's commissioned piece was a major topic. Your playing is so alive and really? so oh, well you. shaped yeah. and everything. And I, I don't know, is there, are you drawn to music that uh, maybe has an edgier yeah, yeah, yeah. side to it? I uh one of my teachers when I was a when I was a little girl um they always taught me you don't have to be always so nice I mean mm, so you correct don't have, yeah maybe. so correct and your sound can be more um creative um uh, and even more even rougher uh-huh mm. and I I really uh, thought about that deeply, and then I really agree with that idea. Is is there a piece in particular at the competition that you mm-hmm. feel like you can explore yeah. that kind of sound? Uh, especially in the commission piece, okay. yeah, because uh, uh, the composer Gloria Justin, she uh, in her program note. She said, "You can explore what you uh, as much as you can. You can go far, uh, further. Mm-hmm. Go far, uh, yeah, yeah, go far as you can. Like I mean, um, I could find uh, many of the um, various Indian music mm-hmm. and Indian um, instrument and." Um, it was really interesting, and I think I can be really creative yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to express the Indian music in a classical uh, violin. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll now enjoy all the sonic and rhythmic textures Jaywon conjures up in her prize-winning performance of Travel Modes for Solo Violin by Gloria Justin.
Peter Dugan here, and today we've been enjoying the incredible music making produced by the young musicians competing at the 37th annual Irving M. Klein International String Competition. And at last, we arrive at our first prize winner. Drum roll, please. First prize in the 2022 Klein Competition goes today to Gayun Kim. Twenty-year-old Gayun Kim, a thrillingly dramatic and passionate cellist from South Korea. Let's meet her, shall we? Gayun sat down with my co-host Tessa Lark, and she talked about her beginnings in music and her love for cello. I um, grew up in Korea for like twenty years, and I have one younger brother, my mom, and my dad. My mom is a flutist. And did your mom encourage you to pursue music? So she just wanted to introduce like a lot of instruments like other moms do. Mm -hmm. So like first I tried piano, violin and other instruments, but um, my favorite was cello. (laughs) And I really like felt cello like a doll because it's like my size almost. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you liked the I bigness. Felt, yes, right. <laughs> it feels like I'm hugging something and make sound throughout something like in front of me. And yeah, I especially like the sound also. Mm-hmm. It really feels like a person talking. Yeah. Yeah. You're making me envious of <laughs> cello and cellist. You get to hug something. <laughs> But could you talk more about what what music, it, what you feel like music gives back to you? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do you get out of music and this life as a cellist? It gives me mm, strength to live, actually. Whoa. Yeah, it's a big word, but... <laughs> I mean, that's a, yeah, it's a big yeah, thing. Because... Wow. Whenever I feel some kind of emotion, I could like express that through my cello and um, like not only by expressing and showing to people, like just even by just playing alone by cello, it really gives me a lot of strength and um, yeah, relief. Mm. So... That's amazing. You yeah. know, there's another um, anecdote I'd love to share. Maybe you were just ignoring crazy me outside, but I was knocking on your practice room door. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yesterday to, mm-hmm. to ask you a question. And um, it took a few knocks to, to get you to even notice that I was oh, outside really? the door. Yeah, and it's a big window. You oh, know, I was there and, yeah. and you were facing me, but I oh. just... I was so amazed at how focused in you were <laughs> on your practice, you know, with all the di- but and and so it just none of this surprises me to hear that you, you know you get all this strength and, and power from the music and it's just it's just such a beautiful thing Thank to witness. Gayun's strength and power as a musician earned her the top prize, and we'll hear some of that first place charisma now, but. Before we enjoy that performance, I want to thank all the young semifinalists at the Klein competition we've met today, not just for sharing their music with us, but also for sharing their humanity. And to you, listening while you work, or while you don't, or listening while you sort of work and sort of don't, thanks for being here. 
This is Peter Dugan. Please join me next week. And now, here's Guyon Kim performing excerpts from Variations on a Rococo Theme by Tchaikovsky. Allegra Chapman is at the piano.
From the Top is produced by Tim Banker, Megan Swan, and Jessica Tickton. Sound designed by John Escobar with editing and mastering by Rodrigo Cuenca. The recording and mix engineer for the music recorded at the Klein competition for this episode was Emma Markowitz. Our production manager is Amanda Roth. From the Top's executive director is Gretchen Nielsen. Special thanks this week to Marcy Straw and to the whole crew at the Klein competition and to Jason O'Connell at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music. From the Top is an independent nonprofit organization based in Boston. If you'd like to appear on our program, apply online at fromthetop.org. From the Top is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism, offering visitors information about the arts, culture, and history of Boston. The journey begins at visitma.com. And from the Doris Duke Charitable Foundation, which aims to support the well-being of people and the planet for a more creative, equitable, and sustainable future. And from the ECMC Foundation at ecmcfoundation.org. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You know, while From the Top is distributed by NPR, it isn't owned by NPR. It's an independent nonprofit, and so we have to do our own fundraising to make it happen. Please consider making a donation to our ongoing entertainment and education programs at fromthetop.org. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash NPR. Listen to Embedded for moments that stay with you. I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust. Voices that resonate. <laughs> Stories that change the way you think about your life. How, how did we get here? The Embedded Podcast is NPR's home for original documentary series. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.